We're talking travel for our sponsor, Travel on King, and Sally Lucas. Yes, we've heard a lot about the Zika virus, and we know we don't like it at this stage. Well, we don't like anything like this, do we, Jane? And I'm sorry to start our first program with something about viruses rather than something more pleasant, but I guess we do need to talk about it. And I think the thing that you must realise is it isn't considered actually all that severe. Most cases do not require hospitalisation um, and in some cases people don't even show any symptoms. Occasionally you can get a fever, rash, headache, joint pain and muscle or bone pain. Um, there's currently no vaccine to prevent the Zika virus and no specific treatment. It's mainly in tropical areas, the same sort of areas that you would cry a yellow fever for. Um, so it's endemic in those areas. But the main cause of concern, of course, is for pregnant women. Even if you're thinking of trying to fall pregnant or any stage of your pregnancy, of course, we've got this problem with the babies you know, being born with this microcephaly, which is a, a change of their smaller head size and could put pr- out. Pr- have all sorts of repercussions, obviously. So you just do all the usual things that you would do for, you know, preventative measures for it, like wearing long sleeve shirts, long pants, insect repellents containing DEET, or picaridin. That was one I didn't know, Jane. Do you know that one? P-I-C-A-R-I-D-N, picaridin. Yes, I've heard of it, and there is uh, a particular preparation, but it's not readily available, so no, it, maybe DEET's the way to DEET. go. Mm. Um, anyway, they, so they're also safe for pregnant and breastfeeding women. But, I mean, and the main thing is... is they said, you know, t- clothing with your gear such as boots, pants, socks and tents, you can get them permethrin treated and use insecticide treated bed nets as necessary and stay and sleep in screen in or air conditioned rooms. Um, but obviously the idea would be to say, look, if you are pregnant particularly, do not go to these areas. But if you are still going there, you can go onto the Smart Traveller website, by the way, it'll give you lots of information on this and it lists all the countries where there is the prevalence of that Zika virus. But it's not as serious as a malaria uh, virus, but you certainly still need to take care. Mm, that's good news to know that people are onto it anyway. It is, actually. And how, yeah. to, how to deal with it. Now, um, speaking about going onto smart traveller websites and yes. government things, the Government of Canada is doing something I about know. going in there. Yes, so effective from the 15th of March now, you need an ETA, and that's not an estimated time of arrival, as we call it in the travel industry. It's an ele- electronic travel authorization, Same as what America has, basically, and has had for some time now. The visa you have to have when you don't have a visa, but I call it the Clayton's visa, but you've got to go online yourself and do this. Uh, a travel agent will obviously assist you if you don't have a computer or, you know, you're just not quite sure. Um, again, if you look on the Canadian government website, you'll find information on it. Most of the airlines who fly into Canada will have information on it as well. And it's effective from the 15th of March. So, for example, if you haven't done this, you'll be denied boarding in Sydney. So if you can't prove that you have done that online, because you do have to print off a receipt, um, and even if you're in transit, so it doesn't mean even if you're not getting off in Canada, even if you're only transiting, you have to have it, because the worry is that if there was a a delay, a storm, the train break, uh, the plane breakdown rather, then you could be in Canada without a visa. Mm. And same in America, by the way, it's the same. So even if you're in transit, so just please remember that it is so important and you will not be uplifted at Sydney Airport if you don't have that correct documentation. So is it difficult to get? No, it's not difficult at all. It's quite simple and the procedures aren't difficult online either. Um, we can certainly provide you with you know, the websites that are required for you to go online and do that with either country. But certainly you know, get assistance from your travel agent if you're not sure. Or if you don't have a computer. Or if you don't have a computer. <laughs> 
which yeah. makes it extremely difficult these days, doesn't it? I mean, uh, they just assume everyone does, I think. Yes, more and more. And presumably it's a way of their collecting um, electronically data, data mm. The, mm. of everybody coming in to the and country. And I think, I guess that's happening more. And they're saying even within Europe, Jane, that that could be the case, of course, with the advent of what's happened over the last 12 months, which hasn't been all that lovely, of course, as we all know. The that, asylum um, seekers, yes. Yeah, that and the terrorist attacks, like they will be tightening up on their borders more and more, and there could be the introduction of more visa requirements into a lot of the European countries that we've now been able to go into visa-free. So we'll just have to wait and see how that develops. Is there also talk of um, some kind of visa or check, identity check, between the countries within the European borders? Well, I haven't done anything about that as yet, Jane, and that's what they used to do. If you recall back in the old days, you had your border checks at every country. Even if you're on a bus, you had to provide your, your passport and have it checked before you were allowed to proceed. So I guess we've just got to wait and see. It's a wait-and-see situation, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if there would be further implementations, you know, just to make sure all these countries can control, I guess, the flow of who comes in and out a lot better. Mm. So travel, but it's not actually interrupting our travel at this stage. It's no. just a question of demonstrating. Interesting to see that uh, Newcastle seems to be the port of choice for cruise ships this month. Yes, Sam, I was just going to talk about some small ship cruising destinations for this year, which I, I will in due course, but just to let people know if they're interested in seeing some of these wonderful vessels glide into our harbour, we've got the Silver Whisper coming in on the 15th of February, due to dock at about 7 and go out at 8 o'clock at night. The Radiance of the Seas on the 19th of February at 8 in the morning, going out about 5. Queenie, Queen Elizabeth, the old Queen, coming in on the 22nd of February at 8 and going out at 6pm, and then the Pacific Aria on the 2nd of March, coming in at eight and going out at six. So if you wanted to head out towards Nobbies or somewhere and get a great view of these lovely ladies, either coming or going, that's a perfect opportunity. Excellent. Good fun. And uh, the smaller ships are good fun too. They certainly <laughs> are. Probably good fun to go on. So this is considered to be, it's been just... Um, put together by um, Wild Earth Travel, a company who is saying what they think is going to be uh, some of the best cruise destinations for small ship cruising for this year. And, of course, in the list there has to be Antarctica. It's never going to go away. It's always going to be a wonderful destination. And it's always going to be a small ship that goes there these days. Yes, well, they are restricting of course, there are some larger vessels do go down there, but of course, my preference, as you know, Jane, and yours is small ship cruising. But um, that's why I'm talking about it, obviously. Um, Alaska, the Arctic, of course, uh, Portugal and Spain. So, you know, you can do that now. You can do cruises along the Iberian Peninsula, Atlantic Ocean, Mediterranean. And of course, you've got the river cruises there that go up the Douro River. The Solomon Islands is another area that's a really undiscovered paradise and beautiful um, snorkeling and diving you can do there. Costa Rica. Um, considered one of the most biologically diverse areas on the planet. Um, really different animals, wonderful rainforests, volcanoes, beaches, etc., and over 300 bird species. The Greek Isles, of course, I mean, they're still always very picturesque. Madagascar, again, it's unique in its wildlife and animals that it has there with the lemurs and the baobab trees, and etc. Ireland, um, now that's a little bit different, but now you've got cruises that go around the coastland of the old Emerald Isle, popping into villages and rugged islands and so on, which would be wonderful. And there are great cliffs there. Oh, the cliffs of fabulous. Moore, for example, to look at. Yes, here. wonderful. Uh, Sumatra, you can circumna circumnavigate rather the world's sixth largest island. Um, and you've got orangutans there in their natural habitat as 
as well and coral reefs etc croatia which is still extremely popular the croatian coast iceland the galapagos islands the other one was interesting is the mergui archipelago now that's in the near the andaman islands up near myanmar so that's a really interesting area where you can do some small ship cruising so lots of different areas that and you can think about yeah and some of them not really haven't been really popular in the no no, it's just lovely the way the world is still opening up to us, I think, where we can get into these areas that once upon a time would never have been possible. Indeed. So, fantastic. All the more choice. All the more choice. And we're heading over to another island now, are we? We certainly are. A Caribbean island with a difference, which is Cuba. And it is a very different island. And I think I just thought I'd say a few things if you're thinking of going there to help prepare you. It is still a communist country. You've got to remember that. And it's have a very simple way of life. Um you know, there's no billboards, no brands, no advertising, etc. nothing like that. Uh, vegetables are picked fresh from farms every morning. You have shoe polishing stalls set up outside, you know, barber shops or ice cream parlours. Um, less than 0.5% of the population even has a motorbike or, or let alone a car. That's why you see so many of those vintage cars in the streets there, which are just quite incredible. Um they have a, as I said, a simple way of life. They eat, they work, they share their time with each other. That's the main thing. So they don't have room for economic aspirations or sense of competition. So it's, it's very different to how we live. Um, and you don't have restaurants except within tourist hotels and so on. They eat at home. Um, their main form of entertainment is singing and dancing in the streets. And you'll always find people dancing, singing, or you'll hear music coming out of these little alleyways. And you just keep looking and following until you find the source of that, which is Absolutely, that they love their music. It's a real passion for them. Um, they have a wonderful ballet company as well. If you're ever interested, the the Cuban Ballet Company and the Buena Vista Social Club. That oh. movie made a lot of that music accessible. It, yes, to us. well, I mean, I remember I saw them when they came out not long after I had been to Cuba. That's some years ago now, ten or more years ago now. But um, but don't expect luxury as, as well. It's very hard to find commodities that you can find easily here. Even things like deodorant, soap, toilet paper, shampoo are scarce. Um, you know, trying to find a moisturiser or insect, re- insect repellent is almost impossible. Um, so really you've just got to take everything, okay? Um, and that, that's the main thing. And you've got to carry lots of cash because there's little to no ATMs. Um, US dollars the main thing, of course. And you do tend to tip because a lot of them are only earning a month enough to pay their rent and feed. There's no savings hardly at all. They do have free education, etc., and it's compulsory all the way through, which is a good thing. They get free medical, etc. Wonderful country. It's just a time warp, steep back. You've got to step back in time, and that's the way you've got to live and treat it when you go there. Very different, but certainly absolutely mind-blowingly wonderful if you get the opportunity. Take a look at the hot deals in the travel marketplace, thanks to our sponsor, Travel On King. What have we got, Sal, today? Okay, if you want to be a romantic, surprise your wife or your husband or partner. If you book by the 14th of February, which is Valentine's Day... On the Paul Gauguin, which is that wonderful French vessel that does all around the Tahitian Polynesian islands, and it takes 332 guests, um, you're getting some special offers there. And that they uh, include boxes of chocolate, sparkling wine, and a US $200 per stateroom credit, and um, a deep nature spa as well. So there you go, and they've got a range of cruises throughout the year, of course. Um, there's a New Zealand Discovery and Pacific Treasures Tour, a cruise and tour 
sorry, 28 nights, Sydney to Sydney. 7th of December this year, it's with the Holland America line. Fabulous itinerary, Jane. Um, you know, Milford, Dunedin, Christchurch, Picton, Wellington, Napier, um, Tauranga, Auckland, Waitangi in the Bay of Islands, Numia, Mystery Island, Vila, Luganville, also in Vanuatu, uh, Suva, Dravuni Island in Fiji, Lautoka in Fiji, 28 nights. And that starts from under 4500 per person. But you've got a book by 26 February and you get lots of other little free upgrades and 10% offshore excursions and all sorts of things. So that's really worthwhile having a look at. Also, a lot of the early bird deals, Jane, that are, are there, some of them are still there as far as touring. They do have different cut-off dates, but a lot of them are due to expire this month. Get in as soon as you can and just inquire about any of the uh, air or tour early birds. They are about to go. Um, there is a premium economy sale on at the moment as well with fantastic airfares from under $3,500 through to Europe with a range of airlines as well. And some of those finish in February also. Um, just to let you know, to Albatross Tours for the first time this year has guaranteed every departure in their brochure guaranteed to go. So there you go. You book on one of their tours and it's not going to be cancelled on you. Excellent. Uh, Wendy Wu have got a limited availability where if you book on one of their tours of China at a certain duration, just check with your travel agent. There's just a a small range of tours to choose from, but you get a free one-way upgrade to business class in one direction on a range of their tours. Just to get you tickled and in there and seeing what it's seeing like. Seeing what it's like. Um, the other one too, Jane, we've got the preview has come out already now for 2017. Would you believe they're getting in so early now? River cruising with just about all the river cruise companies and you're getting all sorts of deals there with reductions, savings, fly freeze. And they also expire various different times from February into March. Just keep that in mind. And lastly, Jane, we've got the the GAN has got a fantastic escorted railway adventure, seven days including Adelaide and Darwin, and that starts also from under three and a half thousand per person in gold class service. You're getting a night in Adelaide with sightseeing, two nights on the GAN, off train excursions, three nights in Darwin with sightseeing Litchfield, etc. There's some meals and beverages included as well, and there's also Australia on sale to various different destinations around Australia with Sun Lover holidays also, which finish on the 12th of February. So there's lots of good things out there for you to take advantage of to start your year. Kick it off with a bang. And just let your imagination go. Exactly, Jane. And we'll be talking travel for our sponsor, Travel on King, next Friday after the one o'clock news. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane.